It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Celebrity Gardener segment back on Green and Growing. This is Ashley Frasca. Thank you so much for listening on this Saturday morning. Weird times for sure, but I hope that just keeping by your radio is giving you some kind of comfort this week and certainly this weekend. Well, this is fantastic. I have not gotten to do the sports angle yet with the Celebrity Gardener interview. So Coach Jeff Collins, head football coach at Georgia Tech, you're the first sports guy I've had. Welcome. <laughs> Good morning. Thanks for having me on. I don't know what... Uh... I don't know how I'm going to add to this, but I'm I'm excited to have some fun. <laughs> You're like, what did I do to deserve this, right? <laughs> so this is going to yeah. be pretty easy going. First of all, I know that you're a Georgia boy, grew up in Conyers, and you've been around a little bit, made your way back home. How does it feel? Oh, it's great. I was born in DeKalb Memorial Hospital and uh, in Decatur, and then went spent uh, high school out in Conyers. Uh, but I'm a, I'm an Atlanta kid through and through. And even though we've made, my wife and I um, have made a ton of stops up and down the East Coast from the Bronx to Philly to Miami, Orlando, Tuscaloosa, Starkville. Uh, we've been at Georgia Tech two times before and have always wanted to come back home and uh, to be blessed to be the head football coach at Georgia Tech is a uh, literally it's a dream come true. Taking over a fantastic program here right in downtown Atlanta, for sure. And you're going to keep it strong, I know. What are you telling the kids right now, keeping the community strong with everybody being a part? Yeah, so I mean, we had made some really good strength gains and size gains uh, in the first three months of 2020. Uh, and now we're uh, all separated due to, due, to, due to the coronavirus. But just uh, keeping in touch with them, uh, making sure they're safe, making sure they're healthy, make sure they know that we love them and we care about them. Even though we can't physically be together, uh, our coaching staff is constantly in communication, uh, not to use a gardening term, but to make sure they're growing hey. and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, making sure they're, they're staying strong and staying safe and make sure their families uh, you know, are well taken care of as well. That's so important. You know, I already had a plant metaphor in mind for that. The players are like plants. You know, you're the coach. You want them to flourish and grow. What's the fertilizer you use? <laughs> uh, uh, hard work. Yeah. <laughs> hard work and make sure they're uh you know eating right and we are our, our compliance staff um through the ncaa we're allowed uh to send them supplemental meals and cer- certain things like that so we're trying to make sure um all of their needs are addressed so that they can stay healthy and safe and you know keep keep growing like they were uh when we were all together well, I got to brag on the Georgia Institute of Technology right down the road from here. The steam whistle blowing for healthcare workers this week, which right. was so fantastic. And the news of the week, Coca-Cola donating like 6,000 pounds of plastic sheeting. And students and I guess professors or whoever can is going to be doing surgical shields, trying to make right. 50,000 of those. So, I mean, y'all are part of a huge community. And I just want to let you know, of course, how important that is to the folks in the city of Atlanta. So thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's special. I think these times, even though they're trying, um, I think, you know, it shows uh, the best of us when we can come out and take care of others and show how much we care and how much we can interconnect and uh, make everybody's life uh, a little safer, healthier and, you know, get closer together, even though we are social distancing. Well, and you're a very positive leader and influencer on social media and twitter you cracked me up you've got a thing about waffle house and then people are giving you (laughs) strife about a mustache that you're growing i mean you're undergoing some some different things right now aren't you (laughs) yeah there's no doubt so i just the the mustache thing was going for a while just so i can 
judge how I'm doing, you know, making sure I'm, if that's the only thing that's annoying my wife, then I know I'm doing good. And uh, so that's just been a little running joke. My little three and a half year old uh, <laughs> loves it. I think she loves it because she knows it annoys uh, her mom. <laughs> and uh, so it's it's been just something fun. And uh, it's kind of taken off a little bit on social media, too. Now, I was close to that age. I might have been like five. My dad had a mustache <clears throat> my whole childhood. And maybe five sure. or six, he sh- had to shave it for like a company Christmas party or something. I walked in the bathroom when he was getting dressed. and sh- I started crying because I thought instantly he was a different person. So don't let your kid get too attached to the mustache no and then freak him out when you, when you change your mind. Right. Well, so right. speaking of, of marriages, okay, Coach, this is this is something that we have found over the decades of this garden show. Now I've, I'm doing green and growing here this year, but yard work can either bring a marriage together and you work together and you have tasks that you enjoy doing, or man, it causes arguments and fights between couples, when to prune and how to cut. And do you and your wife experience any of that? Do you all work jointly in the yard? Do you enjoy yard work? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to say yes. I would love to say that's an activity. Uh, that we we do together, but no, it's it, it's not. I was thinking our younger years it might have, uh, but now as you go along your career and uh, you know we've got some professionals that come out and make the yard look pretty and uh, make it look nice because we have to entertain so much. Yes. Uh, so we want to make sure it looks the way it's supposed to look, and uh, so our, our our people that uh, do our gardening and things make it look the way it's supposed to. What's one of your favorite parts of your landscape? Yes, yeah, so we've got uh, out in our backyard. Uh, we actually have, and it's not a huge backyard, but it's got a, a nice, uh, there's a nice hill and beautiful trees and some plants in the backyard. We actually have uh, a small walking trail uh, and a little sitting area um, with some Adirondack chairs around a a little, it's not really a fire pit, but we tell our little three and a half year old that it is, <laughs> and uh, we sit around and talk. And um, but it's a cool little little area, even though it's not a huge space. Um, it's just a nice way to um, we take the the dog for a walk back through there. Um, it's an enjoyable, pleasant, small little area in our backyard. Now, and that's a big difference too. That I'm trying to overcome that challenge with the show of city living versus suburban living. You know, people in the suburbs may have more yard and more room to move. Right. And it sounds like you're doing fantastic utilizing the space that you've got. But growing up in Conyers, what were some of your good childhood memories? Maybe just one or two of being outdoors. I mean, I know your age and my age, we spend a lot more time sure. outside than kids now. You know, I was a latchkey kid, so Generation X through and through, and uh, kind of, th- I've been joking with my wife, I think we are, as latchkey kids, Generation X, you know, we're naturally predisposed uh, to handle this current situation where we're sheltering in place right. or we're staying at home most of the day, because uh, we had to do that when we were young, and we had to entertain ourselves uh, six, eight, ten hours a day while our parents were at work over the summer, or, and we got home from school before our parents got home from work, had to find ways to stay at home and entertain ourselves. Um, but I think one of the, the cool things, just talking about, um, you know, outdoors and things, the, the Cherry Blossom Festival, oh. uh, when I was growing up, was always held out in Conyers. Yes. And uh, so that was a cool, cool deal, um, you know, to go out that and see that when the, when the cherry blossoms bloomed, beautiful. 
I love that. I love that. And the Dogwood Festival would have been scheduled, you know, for Midtown Atlanta this month and just right. a couple of weeks. And unfortunately, that's been postponed. It's still going to happen. Maybe not with Dogwoods, but they'll still call it the, sure. the Dogwood Festival, I guess. All right. So I do have one garden question for you to try to stump Uh-oh. you before you go. <laughs> no, not going to be hard. Okay. All right. Yellow jackets are pollinators. Okay. So bees, they okay. serve as they carry pollen from one plant to another and flowers. What sure. are some other pollinators? <laughs> uh, I, I would say yellow jackets are the best yes. at doing it. Uh, so I'll just stick with just co-signing how awesome yellow jackets are. They work the hardest. That's right. So you could have gone yeah. uh, hummingbird. You could have gone butterfly. But we are going to accept yellow jackets. That is a that is a pat answer. I love it. Well, awesome. hey, Coach Collins, thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I so appreciate it. And if folks want to follow you on Twitter, how can they find you? Uh, easy. It's at Coach Collins. And then all of our Georgia Tech football, uh, I'm a constant retweeter. And, you know, so I try to make sure the other interesting uh, parts of our social media platform are well represented. But easy, it's at Coach Collins and, uh, you know, trying to get as many Georgia Tech fans um, as we can as we're building something special right here in downtown Atlanta. Very proud of the work you're able to do and how y'all are keeping the team together through these difficult times. So thank you so much and best of luck to you, you and the players and everyone around you. Stay healthy. Okay, coach. Absolutely. Go Jackets. Thank you. Thank you. Go dogs. I have to say that to balance out. Go Jackets. But how fun that was to have a conversation with Coach Jeff Collins of Georgia Tech. If you have any ideas of who you would like to hear from as a celebrity gardener, you can certainly message me on Facebook, Green and Growing WSB is the Facebook page, or uh, tweet them at me, at Ashley Frasca WSB. I would love to know what celebrities you may be aware of in the Atlanta area or in the state of Georgia that you know, know a little bit about gardening and you would like to hear more about it. And even if they don't know about gardening, obviously Coach Collins didn't know a whole lot, but I can still make that interesting. You know, some of some of the folks that I have heard, and of course I, I already knew, that enjoy gardening, uh, Coach Vince Dooley, that is one of the ones I'm going to try very hard to get. I could spend probably a whole half hour talking to Coach Dooley and definitely want to read his book as well. I think his book was published back out in 2003 or 2004 about southern gardens and hydrangeas. He's got hydrangeas named after him. And also Jim Cantori from the Weather Channel. I understand and I'm told that he is a gardener, so that would be an interesting conversation to have. So yeah, at 7 o'clock every Saturday morning we chat with a local celebrity, be it an athlete, politician, musician, someone that... uh, just would be a fun garden segment. So, well, coming up in the show, more of your questions, 404-872-0750. And I'm going to keep doing my garden to-do list for you twice an hour. That way, you know what to be doing outside in the landscape. And I hope this show also kind of targets newer gardeners, folks that may not know as much about gardening, want to take that intimidation factor away and just break it down for you and keep it very simplistic. But I I promise at the end of the spring season and then into summer, you're going to have such pride and just the little things you've done bit by bit every weekend. And now we're, we're home during the week as well. We advise you to stay at home, please. So I know you still have your work from home tasks you have to do, keeping the kids in line with the digital learning and all of that. But uh, you've got more time in the evenings, maybe before you start dinner with the family, spend some time outdoors and get some things done in your yard. So we will be back on Green and Growing. Thank you for listening to 95.5 WSB. Self-isolation never sounded so good. 
Listen to Atlanta's news and talk while you're at home on the WSB radio app or tell your smart speaker, play 95.5 WSB. Jason Byers on the board doing a great job playing some music today. And Bill Withers, of course, that was very sad. His passing in the last day or two, not coronavirus related. It is going around on the Internet that it is. And his death, unfortunately, was um, congestive heart failure. So, yes, thank you for the nice music easing us into a Saturday morning. It's going to be a beautiful weekend, guys. You could use it. You could go outside walk the dogs, play with the kids, but please do stay home. Of course, Governor Kemp's shelter-in-place order began and went into effect at 6 p.m. yesterday, but that's serious. I mean, that's, you know, if you don't think you're doing it for you, do it for the others around you for sure. So Finley Roofing, they sponsor weather updates so you know what to expect. Today and tomorrow, very similar weather patterns. That's good. We're inching up into the high 70s, lows only touching down to about the mid-50s. Mix of sun and clouds and then partly cloudy tomorrow. Read meteorologist Kirk Mellish's blog on WSBRadio.com. You may have to go back a few days. I think he wrote it about a week or so ago. But pretty sure we've reached the point of being past our last frost. And if that's the case, we're going to be really lucky. Some years we've had a last frost as late as mid-April. Do be careful, though, if you're in more of the western suburbs and, of course, north Georgia and the mountains and things where it's a little cooler. We did have something get down to close to freezing, maybe in 33, 34, in like the Dallas area and things earlier in the week. So don't get too gung-ho about putting out the vegetable plants and all of those kinds of things. But for the most part, generally speaking, I think we're pretty safe to uh, to say we may not have another frost. Green and growing! Green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. So these are pretty basic things, and most of these you don't even need to go to the store and buy anything. It's just stuff you're doing on your own in the yard. Look out for aphids. They're starting to congregate on tender new growth, and most general-purpose insecticides can control them. You can also just blast them away with a hard stream of water, and you're going to have to do that throughout the summer. Look for grubs, too. White grubs are a common find when you dig in your spring landscape, and Walter Reeves just put out his Georgia Gardener uh, newsletter that comes out every other Thursday. If you want to sign up for that and still hear from Walter right into your inbox. Go on WSBRadio.com and click on newsletter in the upper corner. But uh, he had a great question, someone asking about grubs. And they feed on plant roots. And one grub doesn't cause a lot of damage, may not be a problem. They're only problematic if you find, say, 6 to 10 per square foot, says Walter. And in the unlikely case you find a congregation of them like that, then there are commonly available insecticides to control them. And I have found that I have moles in my front yard. This is like Ugh, so aggravating. This is the third or fourth year that moles are tunneling in my front yard and I can just feel the soft tunnels as I'm pushing the the mower. So I think they're after grubs, but I know they eat a lot of other things too. So maybe controlling grubs is going to make the moles go away. I don't really know. Um, number two, remove spent flowers from spring bulbs like daffodils and narcissus. Leave the foliage intact, though, until it dies back to the ground. That'll be several weeks from now. That's critical in nourishing the bulbs for next year's blooms. Number three, cool season grasses like tall fescue and bent grass. Now is the time to fertilize those, grow as many roots as possible to kind of precondition the grass from the upcoming summer heat stress and more emphasis to maintaining recommended fertilization programs that should be given to cool season lawns like fescue. So we will be back with hopefully more of your garden questions. Feel free to call 404-872-0750. I'm Ashley Frasca on WSB.
Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Good Saturday morning. Thank you for tuning in to WSB this morning, whether you're using WSBradio.com or a smart speaker in your home or just laying in bed, maybe listening on your phone. We are glad to have you along for the next half of Green and Growing. Been on the air since 6 a.m., going off the air at 9, and then followed by Dave Baker and the Home Fix-It Show and Belinda Skelton, Atlanta Living. That coming up 1 to 3 today. And if you're uh, just out in the yard or hanging out in the house, we're going to have a replay of the UGA Notre Dame game from 2017 right here on your Home of the Dogs. That's going to be 3 to 5.30. So if you're missing sports, that's going to be a good opportunity for you to get your fix. Of course, scheduling's a little different these days, but we are here for you as far as local programming goes. All of our hosts, whether they're working from home or some like myself still coming in the studio, we're doing everything we can to keep you informed and entertained too. So hopefully this show is giving you a little bit of relaxation. I don't want to stress you out with all that you do have to do in your yard, but you've got the time to do it. So let's get some things done. If you have any questions, I'm happy to answer them. 404-872-0750. So right before the break, I was talking about grubs in the landscape and maybe just being on the lookout for them. And Dave and Buford, I talked about how um, grubs attract moles and you have a mole problem, huh? No, I don't. I was going to help you with yours. Oh, hey, okay. <laughs> I'm open for that. What? So what's your suggestion? Hey, good morning. Hey. And thank you thank you for taking my call. Yeah, thanks for calling. Um, yeah, it's a common misconception that grubs are the reason you have moles, and okay. that isn't correct. Okay. A, mole, a mole's food of choice is earthworms. Uh, oh, well, you, we want those. Yes. Oh, boy. So it's, it's a double-edged sword. You can do an insecticide application... To target grubs, hoping that the moles will go away, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you are also targeting desirable insects, yeah. like your earthworms, your crickets and grasshoppers and things like that. Um, another alternative, and this is where it gets tricky, is simply to use baits. Uh, and you can get those. They're like gummy worms or like the, the, the rubber worms you might go fishing with uh-huh. to, to target moles and there is a trick to placing those baits well i wonder the baits must have a scent right because moles like i think they're like blind they can't really see so i guess they're scented and kind of attracts them that way right exactly they're Mm. nocturnal um the thing is is a mole or moles they forage they don't just park and camp out and hang out in your yard because they like your yard they're constantly (laughs) foraging okay picture a tree you have a tree trunk. That is your primary tunnel, and then they branch off of that. If there is no activity in those branches, they abandon them. So you have to look for intersections of the tunnels. Okay. And those intersections means there is activity, and that's where they are traveling, and that's where you want to put the baits. Now, wow. again, there's a, this is a double-edged sword. Okay. Uh, if you have pets. You know, or cats that hang out, or or, or you know, you, you let your dog run around in the yard. Mm-hmm. If they find that bait, it is transferable. Oh no! Uh, the other issue is, let's say that mole finds the bait, and, and it's a lot like putting out a mouse trap. Sure. There's no guarantee. There's no guarantee you're going to catch the mouse, but let's say you do. Well, then a crow comes and finds that carcass. Well, you've transferred to that crow, and then a fox finds that crow. And so you start expanding that to our 
our wildlife. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, 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 a again that double-edged yeah, sword really of is. trying to control moles. Yeah. Um, personally, I, uh, I I try to recommend walking around the night before and mash down all the tunnels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you look like a complete fool doing it. I've done it. <laughs> I think yeah. my neighbors are like, what is she doing? So, yeah, maybe doing it at night. <laughs> I hadn't thought about yeah. that. But the next morning, the the tunnels that are raised are active. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there is no real happy answer. There's not. To... And and what have you observed, Dave? Because in, in my experience, like I said, this has been going on for about three years now. They kind of seem to tunnel close to right alongside the walkway, right alongside the driveway. They're not just out all over in the middle of the yard and and like you said i mean i i don't really notice where the origins are i don't you know people see holes in their lawns and wonder what creature is this and that's not generally what you're going to see with a mole no hole just the tunnels but do they do they like to creep along things that they can follow no they run into the wall so they have no choice but to turn okay Oh, how annoying. Well, thank you very much for all the info, though. It is. It's a catch-22 with a lot of it because I'm all about not having to use insecticides and things like that if I can help it. But, I mean, just stomping down the tunnels. Yeah, stomp them down. Mm -hmm. If you go with the bait approach, just you have to keep an eye on, uh, on your property. Yeah, for sure. Well, Dave, thank you very, very much for imparting that wisdom uh, with all of us. I I appreciate you taking the time to call. I appreciate you taking my call. I've been in this industry for a long time, and I I, I try to inform or educate my customers so that way they can make a, a more educated decision on how to approach that particular issue. You are welcome to call anytime, buddy. Keep the phone number, okay? Thank you, darling. Thanks, Dave. So with moles and squirrels, I mean, it's almost like they can just outsmart us sometimes. That's so discouraging. But good info there. 404-872-0750. Another annoying pest are mosquitoes. And Belle in Arkansas, good morning. That's what your call is about. Yes, good morning. Uh, about three weeks ago, I noticed along, uh, you know, the edge where, where you park your car. Yes. That leaves had accumulated there and uh, the water was getting kind of high so I went out there with a rake and I raked all the leaves away that's good and and, and you know when they're wet they're heavy and I you know I raked them in the middle of the street and then I picked them up and the water started to flow on down the street mm-hmm. and then I took some Clorox and I poured it in what little standing water I saw. Because when I first moved here, there was a lot of standing water, and it was just crowded with mosquitoes and yeah. flies. And then the flies was coming on the garbage can, and it was just oh, it was like a, a Stephen King horror oh, movie, gosh. you know? You had a maggots. Yeah, maggots. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I said, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Um, mosquitoes bring, you know, uh, all kind of bad uh, diseases. They do. So I got out there and I try, and we cleaned it again. But then we found out that the lady next door, her husband had, and, he had, and it was soldered, and the pipe wasn't letting go the water through. So once the neighbor next door, he dug up the pipe, the water started flowing again. Mm-hmm. 
so that was good. And then the the maggots, I remember somebody told me they love the garbage can with the flies. You know, flies carry a lot of diseases, too, that are bad. Yeah. And, and, and Bell, I'm glad you brought our attention to that, too. Of course, everybody was fearing uh, Zika virus, you know, a few years ago, West Nile virus. Those are two of the common ones that mosquitoes carry. But um, there's a great publication. I know you're in Arkansas. In Georgia, we have like 60-something species of mosquitoes. It's ridiculous. Um, But a publication from the University of Georgia Extension Office published here recently about mosquito control, obviously just getting rid of the water you know, standing water areas like like you did. That was great. Tipping the water out of drainage dishes and tossing out the debris like those leaves and things that just hold on to water. And also, I, I think you may have said you used Clorox bleach in some spots, but there are mosquito dunks that you can purchase, whether online or at the box stores, and you can use those for places where you can't just dump out the water. Mosquito dunks, their active ingredient is BT. And that kills mosquito larvae when they feed on it. But the good thing about BT, it doesn't harm fish, birds, pests, people, and, you know, things that are out in your landscape. So those could be things that help with mosquito control. But getting to it early is key. And, you know, someone shared a picture with me uh, on the Facebook page not too long ago, Green and Growing WSB, and said, what is this really big mosquito that I've got? And it was a crane fly. So also know the difference in what you're treating, whether it is, in fact, you know, a mosquito that you see. Thank you so much for the call. Belle, you take care out there in Arkansas. Stay safe. Up next, Tom in Decatur. Good morning. You're listening to Green and Growing, Tom. Good morning, Ashley. Hey there. Congratulations on your show. Thank you, sir. Uh, I'm a long-time listener. I actually started listening when a young lady named Kathy Henderson had the wow, show. So yes. I listened to her and Walter. So you've been through 30 years with us here on WSB. Uh, yes, we ma'am. thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, I've converted a fescue lawn over to Centipede. Uh, the guy called earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of little things. I did it by plugs uh, and strips mostly. Um, I usually would just take out an area with uh, glyphosate, you know, a couple of feet, and mm-hmm. then just put the strips in that clean area and let it grow in. Now, how long did you wait, though? So you applied the glyphosate, and then did you wait a About few a week. weeks? Okay, yeah, I'd just... wait the week and come back, you know, amend it real good. Okay. Um, I don't know how big his, his lawn is and everything, but, you know, I do it myself. Uh, the one thing with centipede, though, it tends to have, you know, it's always going to have a few little thin areas, mm-hmm. and... Um, I've seen a lot of people mess up the lawns by not bagging. That's the one grass. If you've got any kind of little voids or whatever and you don't bag, or if you use a lawn service and they're not cleaning the more, they'll actually transport the weed seeds in. Wow, okay. Very, <laughs> very important to bag your lawn, okay. Yeah, and, you know, as I'm doing the strips, I'll, you know, I'll get some good soil. Um, I'll usually get, like, the fertilizer with the soil in it and amend it real good with some organic stuff. And then about once a year, maybe... Once it's good and greened up, do a, you know, do a granular fertilization, a turf fertilizer. And that's worked pretty good for me. And that's what May, June, July, the warmer months, right, when you fertilize? Right, right. When it's good and green. And the other thing, a lot of times it'll run, um, you know, it'll run over the driveway or whatever. I just come back and pop that out, and those are my strips that I use. I don't even have to purchase them. That's really important to know when you have those sprigs and those runners, instead of going at it with a weed eater or something like that or an edger. Yeah, absolutely. That could be used to your benefit, cutting those properly and putting them in a bare spot, right? Yes, yes. And in addition to that, that over-edging, that, I get fits with that with people doing it because that's usually where they start getting their weed problems because they made a void in the soil. 
So, Tom, you're in Decatur, and the earlier caller, DJ, hey, you might might be neighbors. He was in Decatur, too. But let me ask you about your choice of going from fescue. I mean, this conversion obviously took you a few years, but you must have gotten rid of some trees or done something to allow for a lot more sun because those are two, you know, really different types of grass as far as what, what sun they need. What did you do? Right. I, I took out about five pine trees. I'm in a very old, I'm in an older subdivision. Okay. My home's over 60 years old took out some, you know, pretty good-sized pine trees. And then just over the years, I mean, if you got the fescue, what I, I got to the point where I would uh, till probably about a half to a quarter of the yard every year and overseed it, and I just kind of got tired of doing the one to come up with something a little less, you know, a little less uh, intense maintenance. Yeah, centipede grass seems like, I mean, really, you're you're doing most of your stuff when it's in active growth in the summertime, but fescue is like, I got to be doing stuff in the spring, I got to be doing stuff in the fall, it's like nonstop weed control, so good for you for building a really strong centipede grass, and you've learned a lot about it, so hey, Tom, you just made yourself my resident expert on centipede. <laughs> okay, I did want to weigh in on one other thing, sure. too. You had a young lady the other day, uh, other week, call about our hairy bittercrest. Yes. And a little trick I do, I take a grocery bag, sit it over it, and if you can kind of tip it, then when you pull it, when it pops, it'll pop in the bag. That, And you can probably hear it pop, oh, can't yeah. you? Oh, yes. You can hear it. Oh, <laughs> Tom, thank you so much. Hey, you call anytime. I, I'm so, I mean, I'm honored that you've gone from Kathy to Walter to now still putting up with me. So call me anytime. Yeah, can I give thanks. You, can I give you one other thing also? Yeah, sure. With the, with the little ones now, um, I don't know if you've ever used uh, egg cartons for seed starters. The yes. Styrofoam egg cartons work great. That is, oh my God, Tom, okay, you're, you're going to be a guest on the show. That's it. You've got too much info. I, I need to pick your brain when we have more time. Hey, I look forward to hearing from you again, okay? Thank you. Take Thank care. you. Bye. So I'm glad Tom mentioned that, gardening with the children, because that's something I'm going to talk about in the next hour coming up at 8 o'clock. I have some things I want to share with you, some activities that I've been privileged to share on the Weather Channel here recently and on Channel 2 Action News, things to get kids involved in gardening and make your own science lesson with the kids, and you'll learn along the way as well. So 404-872-0750, great calls. We'll continue those on Green and Growing. Stay tuned to 95.5 WSB. You may have to work from home, but who says you can't have your friends over? Listen to Eric Von Hessler, Eric Erickson, and Mark Aram live on your smart speaker. Tell your device, play 95.5 WSB. Got about five minutes left before the top of the hour at 8 o'clock. Thanks for listening to 95.5 WSB. We are always on for you and encouraging and promoting staying healthy and staying home, especially in the next 14 to ooh, could be 20 or 30 days. Want to give you a weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing, according to meteorologist Kirk Mellish. Highs in the 70s both Saturday and Sunday. Lows only in the mid-50s, partly to cloudy skies tomorrow. And his latest weather blog is up right now on WSBRadio.com to get a very preliminary look at the coming summer and also hearing that it may be a higher than average hurricane season as well as if we needed any more troubles for folks, especially down near the coasts. So all of that is found on WSBRadio.com. Green, Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. All right, so we got three basic things for you to get out and do in the yard this weekend, amongst many other things, I'm sure. But if you're just looking for some direction, you can start with this. Plant warm season annuals, including marigold, zinnias, pentas, and coleus. Those will definitely add some excitement and some color and some happiness to your yard. Number two, remove spent flowers from spring bulbs like daffodils. If you didn't already cut 
all of those a few weeks ago and bring them in and enjoy them in a vase in the house. You see some are fading right now, but leave the foliage intact. Just go to the bottom of the stem, cut the spent flower because it needs that nourishment for the bulbs for next year's blooms. And then cool seasoned grasses like tall fescue and bent grass. Now's the time to fertilize those, grow as many roots as possible, kind of preconditioning the grass, just toughening it up for the summer heat stress. And also the stronger fescue lawn that you've got, it's going to choke out the weeds. So following a regimen of proper fertilization is really important to uh, strengthen that grass. More emphasis to maintaining recommended fertilization programs should be given to cool season lawns. So Coming up at 8 o'clock, definitely want to share a lot more information with you, including some ideas for perennials. Many of you are looking to plant perennials, plant it and forget it, comes back every year. So I've got a list of some things you can enjoy and also things to do with the kids, including my garden exploration scavenger hunt. Thanks for listening to 95.5 WSB. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.